1: How many of you love family reunions? I do. I mean, you get to go somewhere and you look around and you're, you're seated with people and you think, wow, I'm related to these people. Or perhaps you have that moment at the reunion when you look across the table and you think, wow, I'm related to these people. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're not the reunion type, but a few years ago as a family, we planned a big family reunion. We worked on it for several years. We were going to descend back on the old hometown. None of us had ever lived there, but our historic hometown, Drumheller, Alberta, the green tree side of the family would come and because our great great-grand- my great grandfather was one of the founders of the town and actually made, uh, you know, it was kind of some, some big news in Drumheller. I don't know how much that takes to be big news in Drumheller, but, you know, the Historical Society, the museum, uh, the paper was involved. Um, I, I believe there was a plan to even have us involved in the town parade. Because the Greentree family, if you've ever been around Drumheller, you can see the name Greentree tree is present because of our historical connection there. Well, we're planning the reunion and we're getting excited and everyone's going to come. And all of my dad's siblings uh, were alive and and, uh, their kids and kids' kids and long lost cousins were coming from Ontario and the United States and they were going to come to Drumheller and it was going to be this wonderful family reunion. I was really looking forward to it. Um, I knew it would be one of those last reunions because of the aging of my dad and his siblings and all of that. But you know, about a week before the reunion, when I was saying hello to some elderly ladies at a local restaurant, I stepped back into a hole and I hurt my back really badly. It was one of those devastating back injuries where I I couldn't get comfortable. I was uh, you know stretched out on the floor. I couldn't sit. It was it was rough and I I uh, was able to get physio and 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 all the you know appropriate um health um you know professionals involved but they were all with one voice telling me I could not make this trip to the reunion anymore because sitting for that long would set me back uh a long ways. I wouldn't heal. I would It would really hurt things even worse. And I was so disappointed that I wasn't going to be able to go to this reunion. Um, and, and I didn't. I didn't get to go. It was a historic family reunion and I wasn't there. And I've always felt loss around that. But they did send me this t-shirt. The Green Tree Family Reunion, Drumheller, Alberta, 2013. It's kind of a a painful t-shirt for me, to be honest with you, because it represents the reunion that I never went to. You know, that great reunion where all my family was together and I wasn't there. I've kind of hit it in the bottom of my drawer because of that. It's felt weird to have it. Something about the reunion represented so much to us as a family, and I was so, so disappointed that I couldn't go. It did remind me that uh, there's something within us, the desire for reunion, but that often those desires are frustrated by the difficulties of life. And we've talked a bit about that even a few weeks ago as we explored the groaning that we experience as we long for the good future that God is bringing. But this desire for reunion maybe points us to something bigger, Something greater, something that God has placed within us because God Himself carries that desire. And though we experience brokenness and frustration and difficulty, reunion is coming. And that's what we're talking about today. We've come. Now, to the completion of our renewed series, where we've been looking at this whole story of God as captured in the scripture from Genesis all the way through the story of God's people, the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Spirit, the launch of the church, and ultimately, right through to the end, the consummation, the big story. My goal through this series has been to help us really know that this big story Christ has brought us into then shapes our lives Every day. As we've been doing all along, we want to understand the whole biblical story by reading it with the end of the story in mind. And that's why, through the story, we've been continually jumping forward to where the story's going so that we can properly understand and interpret the story as we go through. Because we can't really fathom what's going on in the pages of this book. In fact, it's tough to fathom what's going on in the pages of our own lives if we don't know where the story is going. Well, that goal, the goal of the whole story, the thing that God's been aiming toward, is captured in the final scene of this book, the final scene given to us in the story, something that's still future even for us. But it gives us a decisive clue to our participation In this story today. And so I want to draw our attention to the second last chapter, but the end of the book, in Revelation chapter 21. Now, there's a lot going on in Revelation that we don't have time to explore today. And I'm going to make a few remarks just to try to put it in some context. But remember, this is the end of a long pastoral letter that the Apostle John has written to a group of churches to help them overcome and to stay strong in a context where they're, they feel like they're losing because around them, they're suffering. And this letter was written to help them see Jesus is with them in the middle of their story and that he's going to bring it all out right in the end. It's a story that you and I need to hear as well. Well, chapter 21, this is what John then sees. Then I saw He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. To those who are victorious, They will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Wow, that's quite a vision, isn't it? There's a lot going on in there, a lot of metaphorical language, a lot of imagery, But it all is representing one thing. God's goal to see reunion come to all that had been sundered. All that had been torn apart. We see first in that uh, vision that John receives the the reunion of heaven and earth. The, the, the place where God dwelled, where his will was done, had been separated, as it were, from the earth, which had come into the sway of sin, and the rebellion of humans, and had come into the sway of Satan himself. And here at the end of the story, as prophesied in Isaiah, we see heaven and earth reunited back together the way that God had always intended it represents the two realms coming back together where God is now truly God over the world, where humans are in right relationship with him. Heaven and earth has been reunited. The reunion of the bride and the groom is a, a, an image, a metaphor that actually weaves its way all the way through the Old Testament and New Testament story. Some have even said that you could characterize the whole story, Genesis to Revelation, as God looking for his bride. The metaphor of marriage is something that God had used all the way through the Old Testament and the prophets, and then down into the New, to describe in a way that is hard for us to grasp, but to describe the relationship that God has with his people. That's why the church is sometimes called the bride of Christ. It's describing this relationship that, in some beautiful way, Our marriages, the marriage of a man and a woman today, represent that, can point to that. Yes, in frail ways and often faulty ways, but in some special, mysterious way. When people, when a husband and a wife are laying down their lives for each other, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, serving one another, that in their life together, they are pointing to a reality that's beyond them, the reality of God's relationship. With his church. So the reunion of bride and groom are pictured here. Also, the reunion of God and his people. And we've pointed this out before in the story this idea that here God finally says, I'm home now. <laughs> Heaven descends to earth, uh, the, the holy city descends, and, and God is with his bride. But also, God is saying, I've finally come home. My dwelling place is now among the people. This is where I've always wanted. To live, It's a true reunion. And then also, it sounded perhaps a bit ugly to you, but it also depicts the eradication of all death and suffering as well as the elimination of all evildo- evildoers. And, and that's, it's right that we acknowledge that because the things that had, dis- that had been the effects of this ripping and tearing and the, 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 the people or the forces that had, had sought to destroy what God had done, they are completely and totally done away with. There's no more evil and suffering, nor are there those, be they people or principalities, who would seek to destroy what God has brought about. There is peace, true shalom, in this reunion that God has accomplished. When you bring it all together, the whole story that we're given through the whole of Scripture is God's persistent pursuit of renewal. That's why we called the series renewed. That no matter what frustrations he faced, no matter how unfaithful his people were, no matter how long it took for him to do it, or what he had to do to get it done, no matter the cost, the pain, the length of time, the trials that he went through, that God never quit. He always was pursuing his goal. He would not give up on the renewal of his world. And why does God want His world renewed? Well, what we discover is that there's an even higher purpose. That renewal wasn't itself the highest goal, but rather the way to the highest goal. That renewal itself serves God's most complete and greatest desire, which is full and total reunion. The goal of all renewal is reunion, heaven and earth. Groom and bride, God and his people in a world that's been healed of its hurts, healed of its pain, and the causes of those hurts and evil and pain have been finally and totally dealt with. Now God's world can flourish in full communion with him. As human images, what we discover through this whole story is that we were made for God. We were also made for each other. And we were made for the good world that God made for us. Union, communion, reunion. It all represents the flourishing of relationships that God had always planned. And it's the reason why God created us in the first place. The beautiful story through this trail of brokenness is that even when it went off the tracks, God stepped into his story, into his creation, To make it right again. God's goal of reunion is why He saved us. It's why He calls us. It's why He chooses certain people through the story and now us. It's why He disciplines and corrects and punishes and judges. It's why He exiled His own people. It's why He called them back. It's why He's committed to working and extending time and grace and means over and over again. It's why He sent His only Son, Jesus to be the perfect human being, the perfect Israelite. And then to send his Holy Spirit to live in us as his new covenant people so that we can make known to the world generation after generation that everything in all creation down through all of history can be summed up in one simple phrase. We as a people were made for union with our triune God. And God's heart longs for this reunion more than we can imagine. This is what he's been aiming at. And we get this snapshot at the end of the story that helps locate us where we are now. Because this big story as it unfolds, we're still somewhere around here. We're somewhere in the story. We receive these pictures of the end that helps locate us so that we know this is where the story is going and it informs our action today. And so as we close this series, as we close the message today, I want to bring out some practical applications, just drawing out around four of them. You see, my hope has been through this series that as we understand the story more, we would be activated by the Holy Spirit to participate more in the story As it unfolds, to become active participants in the greatest story of all, that we would seek the renewal that God desires, as we seek the reunion of all things in Christ. We read the story with the end in mind, and with the end in mind, I think it's the only way we can make sense of the story. But it's also the way we make sense of our own lives. And so, here's the thing: I want to offer to you as we close this. Somehow. When we rise from our beds in the morning, when we sip our first cup of coffee, when we begin to think, what's today going to be about? Or what do I got on the agenda this week? Or what am I pursuing this month or this year? Somehow, God's goal animates our actions. God's goal of reunion. God's goal of heaven meeting earth, of coming to dwell. Of seeing evil finally and totally dealt with, that God's goal for the future animates our actions today. today. Let me give four examples. The first one is evangelism. With God's goal of reunion, filling our minds, we are committed to helping people find and follow Jesus. Why? Because we're beginning to understand that everything God has done is to see the lost found, to see the lonely included, to see the outcast find a home, that everything he's on about, look at the life of Jesus, look at the parables he tells as he sends his church out into the world. The whole desire is motivated by the heart of God for reunion, to go out and find and help others discover the God who is seeking for them, the God who has done everything possible, that they will be reunited with him. And that animates us, that motivates us to speak, to share, to invite, to befriend, to be the one who extends to others this story of God, of which they are a part. When we begin to let God's goal of renewal and reunion shape our hearts and minds. It will motivate us as we help others find and follow Jesus. This is true in us as a church corporately, but it's true of us as the church scattered, where we share with our neighbors, friends, and family. Second, earth care. When we begin to understand God's passion for his world, his passion for reunion, the reunion of heaven and earth, as that changes our hearts, we care more for God's creation. God is concerned with his world, not just the human part of it. He's concerned with the birds and the fish and the air. He's concerned with the things that are growing as well as the things that are going extinct. He's concerned that we enter into all that we have been called to be as his people as we take care of the world that he made. And when we understand God's goal of reunion, it will animate us in a way that leads us to be more connected, more reunified, as it were, with his creation itself. We will listen more. We will pay attention more. We will love and care more for the world that God made. The third thing I want to mention has to do with pursuing justice and mercy. When we begin to understand how God's commitment to reunion was the goal of everything, it reframes our actions so that we become a people that are concerned to see justice done and mercy extended that the good news is shared with people who have been ignored or put down or lost. One of the beautiful things about reunion as it's captured in the New Testament is that through the body of Jesus Christ, the barriers were torn down that kept ethnicities apart. And that the work of the Holy Spirit in the early church was bringing together Jew and Gentile in particular, That the full reunion Jesus accomplished on the cross is now being worked out by the Spirit as we capture a vision for this reunion. Pentecost comes, the Holy Spirit falls, and suddenly even the language barriers that had separated people were no longer keeping them apart. God draws us together from different cultures, different language, different ethnicities, and pictures us as this people of God sharing the wonders of who he is in all that he has given us culturally and linguistically. What it means is that we're committed to seeing those who have been um, disenfranchised, marginalized, ignored, hurt, robbed of justice, deprived of a fair hearing, that we as God's people practicing reunion, looking for the renewal, we will do justice we will love mercy as we walk humbly before our God. This animates us to be people who seek God's reunion for others. And then the fourth thing to mention, very practically, is that with God's desire for reunion animating our very souls, that's why we want to continue to grow in maturity in Christ. That we want to do the hard work of growing in our emotional health where we work through the things that have been keeping us from relating to others properly, have been holding God off at a distance, that we embrace the spiritual formation that the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. You know, the beautiful thing that we know now from the New Testament is that God has already joined us to Christ. We are in Christ. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. What that means is the reunion has already taken place in a very real way. The Holy Spirit's job then is to help us experience that reunion, experience that communion with God in a real tangible way in our everyday lives, which means that when we wake up in the morning, we realize that we are united with Christ by the Spirit, and we live that reunion out. As we grow in maturity, as we grow in Christ, as we read, as we confess our sin, as we grapple with, with things that are, 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 we're struggling with relationally, as we go back into our family history and, and discover some things that we need to grow from, or heal from, or even repent from, this goal of reunion animates, deepens our maturity. I think those are just four areas. There's so many more. And I invite you, as you continue to walk through Scripture yourself, as you continue to explore the story, to always be asking, how is this activating me to participate in God's story? Knowing that his goal is reunion, how am I to live today? St. Augustine famously said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. And that is just so true, and it speaks so poignantly of the human search, the restlessness that we experience when we don't yet find our home in God. But you know, as I look at the whole story, as I look at God's desire for reunion, as I even hear these words here in Revelation 21, where we hear the words from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will be with them. I think of this quote from Augustine and I think, could the reverse also somehow be true? Could it be that God, the creator of the universe, the Redeemer of all creation, the Sustainer who comes to us by the Holy Spirit, could it be that his heart has been restless too? Restless until he finally comes home to us. Restless for the reunion that is yet to come. Restless to see his goal fully accomplished when the union that he created us for is finally back together. I think it's true. I think that's why here in Revelation 21, it's almost as though the soundtrack in the background is God's sigh of relief, his sigh of contentedness, that he is finally home. The reunion of heaven and earth. The reunion of bride and groom. The reunion of God and his people. And the full shalom that has come when evil has been fully dealt with. That's God's goal the goal of all renewal is reunion. I hope that encourages you today. I hope that encourages you as you consider this long sweeping story that we're part of. And we're going to go to communion now. I'm going to invite Peter to come back and we're going to celebrate communion together because communion in a beautiful way moves us toward reunion.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope today's teaching provided you with life-changing truth and valuable insight. We hope you've learned of some practical steps forward in your spiritual journey, whether you're finding Jesus for the first time or you have been following him for years. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by what you heard today? We invite you to share this podcast so they can be encouraged too. For more information or to ask more questions, you can connect with us through our website, ericksoncovenant.ca. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for the Erickson Covenant Church.